This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey everybody, welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me as always is the person I'm ever thankful for, Jonathan Strickland. Oh, thematic. I'm thankful Teehee. for you too. Oh, shucks. And and to show my thanks, I got a question for you. So, you are going to play in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. However, you are not allowed to be either a bard or a barbarian. Ah! What do you play? <laughs> um, I think I would play a fighter. Like that feels like a cop out. Um, but but probably like a swashbuckling. Well, no, because swashbucklers are rogues. But I'm playing a rogue currently, and it's a a challenge for me. It's not that I dislike it. It's a challenge. I'd probably be a fighter, but I'd be a very charismatic fighter. Well, that's <laughs> well, still the same thing as a barbarian. Ah! Yeah, you're 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 saying a barbarian. Okay. I mean, you could be a paladin. I'd be a Paladins monk. are also going to be a monk. Okay, okay. Going to be monk. a monk. They're pretty. They're pretty uh, badass. Ariel's getting into the monkey business. Got it. <laughs> what about you? I mean, if I were playing in a campaign, I'd probably want to try and play like. 
Probably a ranger. I think a ranger would be interesting. Kind of an Aragorn kind of character from Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, that's probably the, what I would go with. Uh, I haven't played as a character in so long that maybe something like that would be kind of easing into it because it's sort of like one of the quintessential D&D character cho choices I think of. Not very useful in dungeons necessarily, well, but great in the forest. If you could if you could make up your own character class to play, what would that be? Oh, curveball. Oh, well then in that case it would probably it would probably be the swashbuckler version of a fighter, not the rogue subclass, but like a fighter version subclass where dexterity is the more important attribute than strength. Mm. Um, and if that weren't available, then I'd say drunken Kung Fu master. I think that's also available. Wow. It'd be a monk subclass. I would imagine. Yeah. I actually don't know what the monk subclasses are. My husband plays one in our current D and D game and he's got, he's got some pretty, uh, pretty neat skills, but um, I don't know all of the subclasses. Drunken may not be one of them. <laughs> no, I mean it, it. It would definitely be role playing for me because uh, I do not get drunk, so it would it would be an exercise in fantasy. There you go. Uh, well, with that decided and discussed, we're going to move on to some news items. And the first one we have is that Xbox is doing a 20th anniversary broadcast. Yes. It's going to happen on Monday the 15th, so this coming Monday, if you're listening to this when it comes out. And this is on the 20th anniversary of the original Xbox debuting, you know, the with the big the big splash of Halo, which had previously been shown off. Uh, originally, it was shown off as a Mac computer title before it came over to uh, the Xbox platform. So yeah, it'll be fun to see how much they look back on the history of Xbox and what they have in store for the future. Uh, I, I suspect they will not talk about how the original uh, launch event, not launch event, but the E3 event for the Xbox One when they were first talking about it, how that went over like a bag full of bricks. I bet they won't talk about that. Probably not. Something we know that they won't talk about are game announcements. So they're not going to announce any games. Uh, it's going to be more fan-based. Uh, in fact, if you want to attend and you sign up for the Xbox Fan Fest event, uh, which you would need to do by Saturday, November 13th at 5 p.m. Eastern time, uh, there's like a trivia contest and giveaways and things like that. Uh, so I think it's going to be more like just fun little bits for people who love Xbox games. I think that's fine. I think that's fine because I mean, we've we're, I think we're slowly, not really even slowly. I think we're quickly moving away from the sort of centralized event where you get all the big announcements and unveilings. We're, we're kind of away from that world because we tend to get them when they happen now, as opposed to let's wait until this one event and do it all there. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why E3 has largely declined in, usefulness, at least from a, like a marketing standpoint and, um, why these companies tend to hold their own events to announce stuff just because that way they're not beholden to a specific schedule. And, you know, they don't, they, they can try to avoid the problem of announcing something before it's ready or just holding off on announcing something because the date hasn't gotten here yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of announcing things, uh, I don't know. A movie 
movie poster release isn't really an announcement, but we finally got a movie poster for Spider-Man No Way Home uh, with Green Goblin in it, which we knew he was going to be in due to the trailer that came out. But uh, I just wanted to talk about this briefly because in the article from IGN, they say that Sony has plans for uh, mashing up with the MCU, like their Spider-Man universe, and, and making sure that it plays well with the MCU because they have a really good relationship with Kevin Feige. So when we talked about the Morbius trailer the other day, uh, we said that we didn't know that whether Morbius and, and Blade, the Blade new Blade movie, would have any crossovers because it seemed like Sony might try to pull away. But according to IGN, as of well, it's not new news, but as of June, that may not be the case. So I just wanted to mention that. That's good. I mean, like, it's hard to say because that particular story has so many contradictions in it. The mm-hmm. fact that Tom Holland had talked about the fact, you know, he he didn't have a contract beyond the next this coming Spider-Man movie that uh, that suggests that perhaps that part is over. So like there's I've seen I've seen things that go both ways. It makes me wonder if companies like Disney and Sony are are just jockeying to find out how to fine tune any kind of agreement so that they get the most advantageous position they can based upon the leverage they have. So like Sony, when it has a big success come out, like if, with Venom, I don't know how well the sequels of Venom did. Um, it did okay. Yeah. See, not great, but. It, it comes down to that sort of thing. Like can Sony say, Oh, our, our uh, track record is good enough now that we can stand on our own we can have more leverage when we negotiate with Marvel slash Disney or is Disney. I mean, Disney's always the 800 pound gorilla. So I don't yeah. know if this is like posturing or if this is an indication that we will have a more integrated universe. I don't know how long that's sustainable. Cause it's kind of like, if you are a fan of comic books, you know that eventually you get to such a huge and complicated universe of stories Mm-hmm. That ultimately at some point they have to hit reset because otherwise things are just too like there are too many loose ends. Yeah. And uh, the question is, w- will that happen with the movies? Yeah, I, I don't know. And, you know, it's it's all sp- that that was based on an old interview. So things always change. But just because Tom Holland may not have a continuing contract doesn't mean that the next if, if there is a next Spider-Man, if if it is, in fact, the end of Tom Holland, as opposed to him just doing a more like movie by movie basis deal. Um, that maybe they'll bring the next Spider-Man in too through the multiverse. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, um, I, I hope it, I hope if they do bring a new Spider-Man in, it's the Miles Morales version, just because mm-hmm. we've had so many Peter Parkers in such a relatively short span of time. Like uh, Spider-Man and Batman are like neck and neck for the most number of actors who have played that one character in yeah. uh, the least amount of time. So I'd... I would rather they they take the Miles Morales approach and kind of retire Peter Parker, at least for a while, if that's, in fact, what they want to do. I would also love to see a Miles Morales movie. Uh, Speaking of Disney, though, another event that is upcoming is Disney Plus Day. Yeah, that's on Friday. So if you're listening to this when it comes out, uh, it's tomorrow. And (laughs) it's Disney Plus Day for a lot of different reasons. I mean, we're coming up on like the renewal of Disney plus. So all the people who first adopted it will have a chance to renew. They're running a promotion where the first month, whether you uh, first uh, 
you know, get subscribe to Disney plus. I couldn't remember the word subscribe Mm -hmm. when you first subscribe to Disney plus, or if you renew your subscription that first month is a dollar 99 and then it jumps up to like the seven 99 normal amount for the rest. Uh, and also that's the day when things like Shang-Chi come out and jungle cruise come out on uh, Disney plus for normal view. So, yeah, you know, um, I'm actually going to be, at Disney on Disney Plus Day, and you know they're doing special stuff at the parks too. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Uh, thing to note if you do want to sign up for Disney Plus for cheap for just a month, you can sign up through the 14th, which is actually Sunday. Uh, they're, they're not just doing fun stuff on Disney Plus Day and at the parks, but they're also doing like classic movies at AMC for five bucks. Yeah, and they're not telling you what the movies are until they start. So. Maybe you luck out. Maybe you get something really good, like you get The Little Mermaid. Or maybe you get Pocahontas. Or Home on the Range. <laughs> or, yeah, or Brother Bear. Or The Good Dinosaur. Oh, oh goodness. no. Well, I, I really look forward to uh, hearing about all the fun stuff that you get to experience at the park. Yeah, it's all stuff. It's mostly things like uh, their their photo stuff has got some specials, like you could go and get your picture taken and then Grogu will be in the background with you, Aww. the little baby, baby Yoda and stuff like that. Uh, and they're supposed to have some uh, characters who aren't normally at the parks out and about too. I think that's mostly at Hollywood studios. We're actually arriving in Orlando that day. So whether we bother to go to a park, uh, we have to make that decision real soon because we have, you still have to make a park reservation before you mm-hmm. can actually go to a park. But um, we have not yet decided if we're going to do that or if we're just going to hang out at the resort and relax. Uh, we're going to be at the Animal Kingdom Resort for both, a day. Both options. Before we move to a different resort. We're doing three resorts in one week. Wow. Both, well, both options, relaxing or going to a park, seem like they're the right choice. So I don't think you could go wrong. And we have one last thing to talk about before we go to break and into our discussion piece, which is there's a trailer for a Christmas movie that came out called 8-Bit Christmas. The trailer's pretty cute. Um, It's obviously when you have a phrase like 8-Bit Christmas, it's tapping into nostalgia for people who are of a certain age, that age Mm -hmm. being generally Ariel's age group and my age group. Um, The the storyline follows... Neil Patrick Harris as a young boy, he's, he's telling a story to presumably his kid uh, about um, being a young boy and wanting a Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, which that's what Xboxes were before there were Xboxes. Yeah. Honestly, it feels to me, so the trailer one, it just made me feel really good. Uh, it had a lot more appeal to me than Elf did. But maybe that's because it's about video games and and growing up wanting video games. And I relate very much to that. But also, it just feels like an updated version of the Christmas story a little bit. Yeah, I think they even make that that comparison in the trailer. But yes, it does feel very Christmas story esque. And um, uh, yeah, it's it's funny because when I heard the title, Ariel messaged me (laughs) late. Late yesterday evening, I, I think it was. I expected you to ignore it until today. <laughs> I, I get a notification. How do I ignore oh. that? My, I've oh. been trying to ignore notifications my entire adult life, and I haven't figured it I, out yet. I'll stop messaging you late at night then. 
like, I don't know. It might be an emergency. Like it could have been an emergency movie trailer and I have to watch it. So, uh, but yeah, I, I was expecting something like, I don't know. I thought at first it was going to be like an eight bit animated film kind of thing, like animated in the eight bit style. It is not. It is more of like a Christmas story where it's live action about the desire to obtain a Nintendo entertainment system and finding a potential way of doing it. Because of course the characters parents are dead set against getting a Nintendo, mm-hmm. uh, which they're treating as if it were in fact a red Rider BB gun a la Christmas story. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's very funny. Uh, or it looks like it might be very funny to me. Um, there's there's a line in the trailer. I guess the kids are trying to sell wreaths to earn this thing. And uh kid goes up to a house and says, hey, I want to sell you a reef. And the husband looks in and says, hey, wife, this this kid thinks your reef is crap. Um, And it's just yeah, I don't know. Because there's why. already a wreath on the door. I don't know why. That just made me chuckle really hard. It's a very New York kind of thing. Yeah. Well, the reason why we wanted to end with that particular news item is that when we come back, we're going to have a discussion about heartwarming films, like stuff that you watch to get the warm fuzzies. But we'll do that after we take this quick break. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm done breaking. Uh, me too. Me too. And since we are past the f- Halloween and into the Thanksgiving season, which I refuse to move completely into Christmas until after Thanksgiving, uh, <laughs> we wanted to just talk about some movies that make you feel happy and thankful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like Jonathan and I have, you and I have probably talked a lot about movies that just make us feel good in the past. Um, so, or, or movies that we really like. So a lot of the movies on my list that make me feel good are things like The Princess Bride or Labyrinth or, you know, older stuff like that, that I'm sure people have heard me talk about a thousand bazillion times, Flight of the Navigator, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I was going to guess Flight of the Navigator is <laughs> on your list. Yeah, but I have some newer ones too, but looking through all the geeky movies, like fantasy and sci-fi, most sci-fi movies that I like are not very feel good. Well, no, I mean, like a lot of science fiction films are really like the science fiction is there as window dressing. The really important thing is that it's it tends to be dealing with some pretty heavy stuff, like either it's how people react when they are threatened or, uh, you know, how how technology might enhance certain negative aspects of humanity Mm -hmm. and really show them in sharp relief. Like they're that typically is the science fiction way. It's usually a a method of kind of looking at the human condition and, and deconstructing that fantasy can be a little different depending upon your fantasy. Some fantasy is like fun, lighthearted adventure stuff. And then of course you get the fantasy that's like the blood and guts sword and sorcery kind where there's usually a lot of uh, really bad stuff going on that the hero may or may not be trying to actively stop. There's some yeah. fantasy movies where the hero is one of the bad guys, kind of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, feel good. There, I mean, there are some, there are more fantasy movies that make me feel good than science fiction. There are a few science fiction movies that make me feel good, even with all the conflict, like Ghostbusters or Galaxy Quest. I would say those are sci-fi. Back yeah. to the future. I mean, Ghostbusters, I think of as, as primarily a comedy. And then... Yeah. I would put sci-fi and horror kind of underneath that in probably that order. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim also makes me feel pretty good, but I don't know what category, I I guess comedy is what that falls into as well. But then then also I think, you know, it's comic booky. It is, it is an adaptation of a comic book. So. Yeah. But do you know, do you know what my number one feel good movie is right now? 
Oh, golly. Um, a feel good movie for Phantasm. Uh, for a second, I thought you said Fantasia, <laughs> but even that, no. Um, no, it's Shang-Chi. <laughs> oh, I still I, I have to wait till Friday to see it for Disney Plus Day. Yeah. Yeah. So Shang-Chi, I mean, there's you know, there's definitely uh, conflict in it and there's definitely um, some tense moments. But I left that movie feeling just so uplifted and good. Uh, it beat out Crazy Rich Asians, which beat out Hidden Figures. So those have been my mm. last three feel-good movies. Um, Jumanji's kind of in there, but because it's an old new movie, I don't know if it counts. <laughs> so you mean the Robin Williams one? Uh, well, no, the Robin Williams one is depressing and sad. No, the new Jumanji's, which you haven't watched, I'm aware. You think it's? Do you think the ending of the first Jumanji is depressing and sad? <laughs> No, like the movie just gives me anxiety all the way through. Uh, I, I, I mean, like without conflict, there is no story. So <laughs> no, I agree. Okay, so but like the old Jumanji is fantasy drama. I would say the new Jumanji is fantasy comedy with some mm. like fantasy drama action, and then the new one is fantasy comedy action. And so there's still tense moments, but it's you you have a little bit more respite between them. What about you? What are some of some of yours, Jonathan? Because I've been rambling. Well, first and foremost is a Christmas Carol, and I know you said that we <laughs> didn't want <laughs> no, no, Christmas. That's, that's fine. I said completely <laughs> into Christmas. Yeah, no, I know Christmas Carol is one of my favorite feel-good stories, and like there are many different adaptations uh, mm-hmm. that I enjoy. Um, but I really like that story. I find it extremely heartwarming, especially when it's a well-told version. My personal favorite is Scrooge, the musical version that came out uh, in the 70s and had uh, Albert Finney as Ebenezer Scrooge and Sir Alec Guinness, a.k.a. the original Obi-Wan Kenobi, as Jacob Marley. Um, Mm -hmm. That that was one of my favorites. Oddly enough, and I I know we've talked about this before on the show, the Muppet version of A Christmas Carol is not one I like. Did I? Although our our good friend and and uh, honorary co-host Shay loves it, and I, I don't blame her for it. I think like there are moments that I find really charming in that, but overall, uh, it doesn't quite hit me in the feels, as they say. Mm-hmm. However, the original Muppet movie, the the oh, original yes. Muppet movie with the original cast of characters and voices, that one to this day still gets me. Uh, it's still one of those that I find incredibly earnest and sincere mm-hmm. and yet entertaining and fun. And um, yeah, that's still t- one of my go-to feel-good movies of all time. Yeah, that one it really holds up for me. Like, I, I feel like Muppet movies tend to just, that's what they are. And they're always Yeah, I mean, like, it, 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 but it depends, right? Like, the Muppet movie is fantastic. The Great Muppet Caper is fun but less heartfelt like it doesn't have the tug at your heartstring stuff Muppets Take Manhattan destroys you especially if you're a kid and you don't understand that when the Muppets are saying goodbye to each other that it doesn't really mean that they're going away forever but as a kid you think that that's what it means and so you end up crying your (laughs) eyes out at the movie theater not that I'm having a moment of pure like uh, a recollection here as a kid when that movie came out (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's some that like uh, Muppet Treasure Island is also very entertaining. Doesn't tug at your heartstrings. No. Um, 
There's but Muppets there in Space, like, which is just... I was about to say, <laughs> that one is like probably the worst of all of them. At least, and I have yet to watch it because I refuse to. Um, but I, from what I understand, my sister is a puppeteer and is friends with uh, one of the Hensons and stuff. And I think she feels the same way that Muppets in Space mm-hmm. is like the worst or Muppets from Space, whatever it is is like the worst of the Muppet films that came out. But uh, yeah. the more recent ones are also fun. But again, like if you're talking about something that is just really heartwarming, I think it's the original Muppet movie. I don't think any of the other Muppet movies come close to hitting that same emotional strong point. Like the Rainbow Connection is still a song that can get me weepy. Yeah. I'm going to go back there someday. The song that Gonzo sings like, I don't know that I can sing that without starting to to get a little emotional, which I know is sappy, but I'm a sappy guy. I mean, if if you didn't get misty at those, I would I would say that, you know, your heart had turned to stone. Are there any new movies that affect you the same way? Well, probably not new new movies, uh, not for one thing. A lot of the, the newer movies I've seen don't fall into like the heartwarming category. A lot of them are in the more isn't reality awful category. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't really touch on that. However, I will say like there's a strong slate of Pixar movies that did it for me. Um, like monsters Inc is one. It's very lighthearted, but that one also I find very, I mean the yeah. end shot of monsters Inc was one that, that made me, break down weeping in the theater. Um, yeah. Finding Nemo is another one that I found mm-hmm. genuinely heartwarming. Yeah. Uh, the Toy Story movies to some extent, although unlike a lot of my friends, I didn't feel anything in Toy Story <laughs> 3. Like I know people who talk about Toy Story yeah. 3 and they just found it devastating. And I'm like, Meh. Toy Story 2. Now that was different with the song When yeah. She Loved Me. That that slayed me, but yeah. 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 What about Luca? Cause I heard Luca was really heartwarming, but I never actually got to see that one. I like Luca. I thought it, I thought it was entertaining. However, I do have a criticism for Luca, which is largely that, um, and in the, in the, the climax of the film, there is a moment where a large group of people have an almost instantaneous change of heart and it doesn't feel earned. Like, mm. like it doesn't ring true because characters change their complete outlook so quickly and so effortlessly that it doesn't seem to mean anything. And for that, it didn't have the emotional impact on me. Uh, it's a charming movie. It is mm-hmm. fun to watch. But yeah, you get to the and this is toward the end of the movie. You get to a moment where something happens and characters change and you think, well, they changed because the movie needed them to change, not because it made sense within the context of the movie itself. Yeah. Yeah. That's you can't you can't cut corners on moving a person's emotions, I would say. Yeah, that's that's a great way of putting it, Ariel. Absolutely. Like like you, it's like it's the difference between being led somewhere and being allowed to discover it and then just being told you need to cry now. Like, well, listen, I'm an actor. I can cry on demand, but I really don't feel like it. (laughs) I was about to say, I've, I've tried that. It's not, it's not super easy. 
You no, it's get, not. Um, you go back and you think about Rainbow Connection and then you start getting teary. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're like, what if what if my dog got lost? Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, that'll do it for me. Yeah, yeah, I don't like to go there, but it'll work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could make yourself cry on happy memories as well, but that's a little bit. It's a little bit harder if you're the yeah. method acting or insert personal experience kind of a person. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, it's it, it it's it's a very personal thing too, right? Like mm-hmm. like we said, you know, our friend Shay loves the Muppet Christmas Carol. Um and it has a very meaningful place in her emotions, which is t- that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so there're going to be some things that might impact me like like Muppet movie there might be someone who watches the Muppet movie and they're just like, I just don't get it, which yeah. is totally legit. Like it's what speaks to you. And we are not here to yuck anyone's yum. If there's a movie that I've named that you're like, eh, or if I I've named a movie that I don't care about, but it means a lot to you. That's, that's good. Like that's, that's what art is supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. So that's, that's why oh, we have oh. so much of it. I was going to say, some of our listeners don't like princess bride and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to be wrong. So, um, <laughs> I've got one last movie I want to mention okay. as a feel-good movie. I want to see if you agree with me, if you also think it's a feel-good movie. Okay? It's a fantasy All right. movie. All right. Willow. Yes. Yes. Yes, I'd say so. Um, it, honestly, it's been a while since I've watched it, so sometimes bits of it get me- mixed up with an Ewok movie, uh, but Willow is definitely... <laughs> okay. Willow's good, so that's the major difference. <laughs> Uh, no, Willow is good, and it it does make you feel good. There's, I mean, there's a lot of you know tenseness and 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 conflict, but yeah, it's, it's it is a very happy movie. It is it it's like in my top twenty favorites. So yeah, and uh, I have a niece named after one of the characters in it, so it's got a yeah. soft spot in my heart as well. Yeah, um, curious to hear if our listeners have any favorite heartwarming films, like things that. You know, you watch this be- partly because it gives you that sort of warm, fuzzy feeling when the movie's over. Like mm-hmm. there, I mean, there are plenty of other movies I love to watch over and over again that do not have that. Like as much as I love Jaws, I don't come out of it feeling warm and fuzzy, no, not at but, all. but I'm curious if there are any for our listeners. So at the end of the show, make sure you listen up when we tell you all the different ways you can contact us because I'm curious. Yes. And when we come back from the break, we're going to do a mashup that was suggested by a listener, and that makes us feel warm and fuzzy, too. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. 
Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey Ariel. Hey Jonathan. I'm as warm as I am fuzzy. Let's do this. <laughs> awesome. So we had a listener, Clara. Thank you, Clara. Write us and ask us to mash up Mighty Morphin Power Rangers with Pokemon. And we thought that was a great idea. So that's what we've yeah. done. And this is uh, not the first time that Pokemon has shown up in our mashups, if I if I recall no, correctly. We did we did yeah. Pokemon and Haunted Mansion. Yes, so uh, now we're doing Pokemon and Power Rangers. So just in case those of you out there are not familiar with the properties, um, which one you want to take, Ariel? I'll do the other one. Um, I'll do Pokemon. Okay. So Pokemon is, is this like, I guess it's anime. Um, and it's also a card game where... Uh, trainers catch uh pocket monsters and then battle them like so you've got different kinds of pocket monsters you've got like electricity pocket monsters like pikachu which is a little yellow rat that shoots lightning you've got uh you know water type like squirtle which is a squirrel turtle like the name suggests and it has water attacks um and then you know there are villains who who try to catch other pokemon and defeat the good trainers i mean it's a real simple concept uh, you know, it's 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 a, a deck collecting sort of a game and a story that's based off of that kind of the way I think He-Man was based off of toys. So that's that. Yeah. So uh, Power Rangers. Power Rangers started off as uh, a Japanese TV show. And then there were some producers in America who wanted to kind of import it. But they decided to do something really wild, which is that they recast all the characters with American actors for all the times when the characters are out of costume because their costumes include a, uh, a helmet with a, an opaque visor. So you can't see the person's face inside it. So they had American actors playing the kids who would transform into the power Rangers who would be in these costumes. But you know, it's not just enough to transform into power Rangers who have superpowers because the monsters that the power Rangers would have to fight 
invariably would turn into giant monsters. They start off, you know, normal, whatever normal size is for a monster, like human sized. And then they would get giant. And then that, that would they'd be too big for the Power Rangers to fight unaided. And they would summon their Zords, which were, um, uh, the, the, these giant robot dinosaurs in the first generation of power Rangers. I should add, there are multiple incarnations of the power Rangers and they change from generation to generation. Uh, but then they're in these giant, like robot dinosaurs for the first season or first generation. And they fight off, they fight the monsters. And if that's too much, like if the monsters are too much, then they form Megazord. So it's like Voltron. The the mm-hmm. various pieces all come together and form a very big robot that then fights the monster. Uh, although I don't know if you're if you're not familiar with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you're probably also not familiar with Voltron. Unless you've watched the new Netflix series. I mean, I just think Voltron's a classic cultural <laughs> touchstone. <laughs> Maybe that's because I'm 45 and I grew up with Voltron. <laughs> It also might be clear at this point that I have never actually watched Power Rangers. I'm just aware of what they are because, again, cultural touchstone. I've watched Power Rangers. I've met Power Rangers. I've uh, I watched the Power Ranger movie. I even watched a more recent one as an adult. And it was so bizarre because I think it was Turbo. It's Power Rangers Turbo where they have crazy sized weapons and then tires around their legs that they rev up to call their vehicle zords. Um, they're probably not called swords at that point, but I don't know what. And like the beginning of it feels kind of Mad Max, higher production value. And then it goes into power rate. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. <laughs> well, now we're going to mash up the Pokemans with the Power Rangies. And uh, who do you want to go first, Ariel? Um, I went first last time, so you can go first this time if you'd like. Okie dokie. Here is my mashup and I'm calling it Mighty Ballin' Pokey Rangers. Zordon has a problem. Okay, he's got a few problems, right? Like, one, he's stuck in a time warp and not the fun Rocky Horror Show kind where it's just a jump to the left. He's also a floating head, for goodness sake. But that's just the start of his problems. His big one, or at least a contender for top five Zordon problems, is that there's this obnoxious woman named Rita Repulsa who escaped her moon dumpster and is up to all sorts of no good. And Zordon needs a team of heroes to help fight her. But you know, being a floating head and an energy tube presents Zordon with a certain set of limitations that really restrict his recruiting capabilities. Fortunately for Zordon, and I guess us, the movie audience, a little kid just happens to wander into a cave that has Zordon's energy tube inside it. And that kid is Ash Ketchum, a young boy out seeking fame and fortune. If only he can find a way to do it. Ash finds the equipment connected to Zordon's energy tube, and he presses a few buttons randomly, and it activates Zordon. Ash is understandably startled, but soon the two have a conversation. Zordon, recognizing the ability to finally have a proxy who can journey beyond the cave, enlists Ash to help him. You must go out and collect great warriors to help me find me five teenagers with attitude. Ash tries to protest and says, that really sounds like something my identical cousin Satoshi would be really good at. Are you sure you got the right guy? And Zordon reassures Ash that he does in fact have the right guy, though Zordon privately is thinking, you're like the only guy, so I gotta take what I can get. (laughs) 
Ash then goes out to find some heroes, and he first encounters a pair of young men, Jason Lee Scott and Zach Taylor, practicing martial arts at a youth center. He watches them closely and realizes that both kids seem to be really good people, willing to help others and to stand up to bullies, and so he pulls out his Pokeball. See, this is the ball that Ash uses to poke people, which is his fun way of describing the act of knocking someone unconscious (laughs) by hitting them in the head with a fastball. He finds an alley, and he lies in wait. Soon enough, Jason heads out. Ash makes a soft noise in the alley, and Jason goes to investigate. And with his back to Ash, Ketchum pounces on the opportunity and hurls his Pokeball, hitting Jason in the back of the head, knocking him unconscious. And then he stuffs Jason's unconscious body into an even larger Pokeball. This Ash, he's got a thing for balls, I guess. <laughs> Next, we see him ambush Zack as he leaves for school, similarly assaulting the kid and shoving him into another Pokeball. These kids might be great at martial arts, but they're no match for Ash Ketchum's incredible aim and vicious attitude. Ketchum sees a young woman practicing gymnastics. It's Kimberly Hart. She's athletic and resourceful, so of course Ash hides and then hits her upside the head with his knockout sphere. I'm sorry, I mean Pokeball. And also she gets shoved into a giant ball of holding. Finally, Ash tracks down his last two victims. I'm sorry, I mean heroes. He finds two kids in black uniforms. They are working on creating an animal fighting ring, which, yeah, I know, that's awful, right? I mean, forcing animals to fight each other for your amusement is just reprehensible to any rational person. But to Ash Ketchum, it comes across as heroic because that kid is messed up. (laughs) I mean, he immediately thinks, oh, I gotta get these two. And the two are named Jesse and James. Jesse's a young woman, James is a young man, and they each have a letter R on their shirts because this is, of course, the infamous Team Rocket. But soon, they become Team Unconscious because once again, Ash Ketchum and his knockout ball of doom strikes. They both get shoved into a containment sphere. Uh, I mean, a large Pokeball. Ash returns to Zordon, pushing a giant cart filled with the Pokeballs in it. What's in the cart? asks Zordon. Your heroes, says Ash. Behold! And he opens the balls and like, fortunately, none of them suffocated to death. I mean, I thought about doing that, by the way, for reals. I was going to have them be dead, but then that that was that was too dark even for me. So we'll just say they were perhaps, you know, slightly less alert than they were pre-Ash encounter. Zordon, aghast, says, wow. You really went in a direction I wasn't expecting. Ash shrugs. They're here, aren't they? And so Zordon lays it out to the kids, who, perhaps in a dazed state, agree to become the Power Rangers. And they all sign a waiver, which I know it's a little late, but whatevs. And they become the Power Rangers. There's a red one, and a black one, and a pink one, and two other black ones, but they have the letter R on them. The rangers are each given powers, which is good because this is about the time Rita Repulsa attacks with her monsters. And she's got a monster that shoots lightning and all it does is say Pikachu. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's got one that's a chandelier that doesn't seem to do much of anything. And then there's a giant mime whose power is that he's so unsettling you poop yourself. The rangers assemble. They each control a giant robot that looks kind of like a dinosaur because we're going Gen 1 with this group. 
Jason, Zach, and Kimberly are all really supportive. Jesse and James are a bit more selfish, but you know, they kind of get the job done. That is, until it's time to form into the Megazord, the giant Voltron-like robot. Because Jesse is in charge of like the left arm and James is in charge of the right leg and they keep disagreeing on what they need to do so the Megazord does kind of these jerky motions like it's crumping or something. Anyway, despite the problems with Team Rocket, the Rangers manage to defeat Rita's monsters, knocking them silly. And we all know what happens next, right? That's right. Ash Ketchum shows up with a truly enormous captivity sphere and he shoves the monsters right into it and rolls it off. Why? Because he's gonna be the big bad in the sequel. Just you wait. The end. Oh, that was brilliant, Jonathan. I Thank loved you. it. It was such Thank it was you. such a good marriage of the two properties. <laughs> All right. So this is called Mighty Morphin Powerballs just because it amused me. So Rita Repulsa had disappeared, and the Power Rangers thought that maybe they had defeated her forever. Or maybe she had just eaten herself into, like, a crispy cream coma or something. Either way, there seemed to be one less villain for them t- to save the Earth from. However, what the Power Rangers didn't know was that Rita Repulsa was in hiding, making final touches on her ultimate plan. You see, after Lord Zed stripped her of her space witch powers and... Her putty patrollers failed her. She knew she needed a plan to get the super powerful Zeo crystal, get back in Lord Z's good graces and to get her powers back, and then take over it or destroy all life on Earth. Either way, it was a win. So she toiled day and night with Finster, her leprechaun wizard inventor henchman, creating little orbs that could hold immense power and corrupt it into something horrible. Then she started. Very slowly and sneakily, using the same technology she used to make the putties appear, she would use the orbs to pick off some of the lesser social power rangers. Then she would send in her henchmen in disguise to make up some excuse for them leaving school or whatnot so nobody knew that they were missing. It wasn't flawless as her henchmen weren't super great at adopting Earth culture, but it seemed to work well enough because teenagers are dumb. And even better, those orbs seemed to have a 0% fail at capturing and holding the rangers. Once inside the orbs, the force that created the putties started to morph the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in a new way, turning them into her own little pocket-sized monsters. Soon, she had collected them all. Well, by them all, I mean one of each color of Power Ranger. And then she was ready to make her move. The new Power Rangers were all green and didn't know what they were doing, and she figured it was the perfect time to step out and attack. As Rita shouted, It's time to conquer Earth! The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers called forth their zords. In response, Rita called forth her Monster Morphin Pocket Rangers, the ones she had captured, who, once they were released, grew into the size of the Zords themselves. The battle was immense, with the pink Pocket Ranger throwing electric attacks, the yellow one straight up fighting, the blue one throwing fire, the black one ice, and the red one using a combo of ground and psychic attacks. The two teams seemed evenly matched. And when the good Power Rangers transformed into Megazord, the Pocket Rangers did too. But theirs was a lot less pleasant to watch with, like, bones changing shape and skin melding together like putties. The new Power Rangers were super conflicted. They knew they needed to defeat Rita and her monsters, but the monsters were their predecessors and originally good guys. Thankfully, after a lengthy battle of unnecessary posturing and posing, they were able to get the Monster Zord encased in ice and defeat Rita once again. Then they sent the Monster Morphin Pocket Rangers to Zordon, who kept them in stasis until he could figure out a cure. Rita went back into hiding, coming up with her next, more ultimate plan than the last, and the general public was none the wiser. (laughs) I think we did a bang-up job. 
I think so up too. these two properties. You would you would almost never know that I have never watched Pokemon or Power Rangers. I you know I probably knew at one point, but the way you did that masterfully, I had no idea. It turns out that a little bit of uh, research gives you just enough information about what's the <laughs> core of these things to be able to mutate them terribly. Um, yeah, my biggest fear when we do these mashups, Ariel, just to pull the curtain away, is that we will pick something that I'm not super familiar with. I'll do some research and I won't realize that whatever it is I'm mashing up has in fact been one of the storylines of the <laughs> one of the things that I'm 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 uh, manipulating. I I can understand that. I'm more worried that uh, I'm going to get all the details wrong. <laughs> I came to a conclusion a long time ago of never let the details get in the way of a joke. The You know, that is a good conclusion to come to. Like the conclusion of our show. <laughs> yes. Here we are concluding. And in our concludation, we must address you, the audience, and say, should you have your own mashup you wish to propose, or you have your own idea of how Power Rangers and Pokemon could become a thing, reach out to us and let us know. The way to do that if you want to be verbose is email. And the address you should use is lnc at iheartmedia.com. Yep, you can. Uh, and if you send us a mashup and we like it, we'll read it on a future episode. Also, if you just want to send us a quick note, you can do so on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. On Twitter, we're LNC underscore podcast. And on Instagram and Facebook, we are Large Nerd Drunk Collider. We really love hearing from you and would be super thankful to hear from you this fall. Yes. And until next time. I am Jonathan. I already know what happens next time because we recorded it already, Strickland. And I am Ariel. Have already forgotten the next episode, Aston. The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. The show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.